Welcome back to What You'll Learn. My name is Adam Ashton. My name is Adam Jones. We just had an interview with Chris Gillibo. We, <laughs> we did his book, The $100 Startup, during the week. He's also the author of The Art of Nonconformity, The Happiness Pursuit, and Born for This. Nice. And he's got a brand new book called Side Hustle. Mm. And so it's all about... He said The $100 Startup was a little bit more towards people quitting their jobs to do a, side, uh, a, a startup, a business. But this is Side Hustle is more about try things on the side of your regular job you don't have to quit your job and mm. maybe one day who knows what could happen but just start trying things on the yeah. side and you'll get a lot out of that yeah so yeah good interview man I really enjoyed it he's a business obviously a big business writer uh, best selling author yeah. but he's also a hardcore traveller he's actually travelled every country yeah, in the world every single country it's pretty impressive yeah, yeah very impressive mate quickly uh, we've been harsh on Apple I reckon I got to, I'm back on the bandwagon no. I went to get a new battery and ended up getting a new phone for the mate new Apple sucks <laughs> I don't care what you say <laughs> you're off them They're mate fun. you just got a new Apple laptop a week ago yeah <laughs> oh, <mate>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I know anyway back to Chris mate Chris was a legend uh, he's, he had a podcast called The Side Hustle School as well so I'd check that out or his new book Side Hustle or... yeah get on the Chris man Chris Bandwagon. Chris time. Chrissy. Hey, this is Chris Gillibo. I'm the host of Side Hustle School, a daily podcast, and I'm also the author of the new Side Hustle book, and I'm a writer, traveler, entrepreneur. Fantastic. We can dive into uh, the Side Hustle School. We've read uh, The $100 Startup, and we want to dive into a few of your uh, other books first as well. Um, maybe the, the Art of Nonconformity. We're hoping to start off with the story of the, the Five Monkeys. The story of the Five Monkeys. Um, <laughs> you, know, you could probably tell it better than because the challenge is, uh, you know, I write these books, and I wrote the book like seven years ago, hmm. and so then I go out and do like radio interviews or something, and they're like, Chris, you know, tell me about page 246. <laughs> like, what did, you, what did you mean in the third paragraph? You know, and I'm like, oh, I have no idea. But this one, like, I think like, the monkey story, it's, uh, it's something about like, you know, monkeys that are trapped in a jar or something, right? Hmm. Take it from there. Yeah. <laughs> so basically, there's, a, you know, there's five monkeys, and as soon as one wants to get away, the others learn that it's not so good to maybe break out from the herd, and they get punished as well. So they drag him down to, to conforming with everybody else. Right, but then they start taking monkeys out of the jar, like it's coming back to me now. Mm-hmm. And then eventually, like there's no monkey in the jar that actually that punishment or experienced that punishment, um, but yet somehow like they know you're not supposed to escape the cage, mm-hmm. right? You're not supposed to to go out and like why why are you not supposed to go out well nobody knows it's just you know it's just the way it is so obviously this is an analogy for a lot of things that we're told in life like as kids adolescents even adults like this is the way things work and you know i, I started my project the art of nonconformity uh the book but also the blog my whole community like the whole reason it exists is to show people like hey you know you can get out of the cage basically mm-hmm. like there's another way mm-hmm. and uh there's something out there that's probably even better for you and like why not you know, why not pursue that? Why not go down that road and see what happens? Yeah. So I guess uh, it's probably worth explaining what is the cage because some people, I guess, might be in a cage and they don't even know they're in it. And what is the alternative? What's on the other side of getting out of the cage? Yeah, great question. Uh, so I'm, I'm not in the business of like telling people what to do or like, you know, this this is how your life should be, et cetera. So, you know, if you if you have you know, a traditional job and, and you're happy in that and like you have no aspiration to travel or work for yourself. Like it's, it's fine, like whatever. Um, I guess I'm trying to reach people who are a little bit dissatisfied or discontented 
And they may not necessarily feel like they're in a cage, um, but they feel restricted in some way mm-hmm. or they feel frustrated. They feel like they look on the outside. They see like, oh, so-and-so was able to do this, um, but, you know, like I can't do that, right? Or they had some advantage that I don't have. And so, you know, basically I'm trying to like shine a spotlight on individuals who in different ways, you know, have gotten out of a cage mm-hmm. and, and have done something that matters to them, whatever that is. Um, and then I try to, you know, profile people from all over the world who've done that in different ways so that, and I do that so that people can't look and say, oh, well, that's just like so-and-so that's just Adam. Like he could do that. Right. Mm. But not me, you know? And so if you, if you highlight lots of different stories, then you kind of break down that excuse. For sure. And I guess what is, uh, to continue this, uh, this cage analogy, what are the reasons for people being stuck in the cages? They don't know what's out there or is there another reason like fear or is there something else keeping them inside the cage? Yeah, well, I think you hit on the, the two main reasons right there. Like they either don't know uh, because like this is this is the way things are and this is the way the our parents' generation did it. And this is what my friends are doing. Like, so I don't know there's an alternative. Um, and then once you become aware, like, oh, there actually is something out there. Well, you know, there's there's fear, anxiety and security, you know, for all very good reasons. And so, again, like I think the answer is not necessarily to tell people like, oh, be fearless, you know, like nobody's mm-hmm. nobody's fearless. Right. But to kind of say, you know, it's okay. You can walk through this. And uh, again, like you're not alone in doing this because other people have done it in, in different ways. Yeah. So but, how, how do they? How do people like move through fear if they're? Because a lot of people might be afraid. And then how do they get move past that to do some of the things they yeah. probably want to do deep down? Right. I guess it depends on what they want to do. But I guess for me, what I've found is. Um, like the more you pursue something, like the more your vision expands. Like I had this project of going to every country in the world and that was an 11 year quest. And I didn't start that project like having not traveled. You asked and like that was my. No, I I traveled for like five years and I was an aid worker. And like the more I did, the more I was like, oh, I want to go to 100 countries. And then once I got closer to that, I was like, that's actually kind of an easy goal because it's only half the countries in the world and you can pick and choose the easy ones, right? Like you, if I get stuck somewhere, I'm just not going to deal with it. You know, I'm yeah. not going to go to a dangerous country. So I never would have had that vision. The point is like to go to every country in the world had I not like taken some first steps to like go overseas and volunteer mm-hmm. or go to have my first trip to Europe or whatever. Um, and so I always encourage people like don't worry about having a big vision. Like just start with where you are. Just start with the, the small steps um, because those are meaningful too. And uh, but be careful because once you go down the road of adventure, you don't know like where you're going to end up. Like it's you're probably going to have a bigger idea than when you when you first started. Yeah, yeah so, so that's a good uh, that's a good point. You don't have to you know have the, the big grand visions. Just start where you are. Uh, on that, so you've been to every country. Is it whenever you hear of a new country being being allowed? Do you think oh, I've got to go here to keep my status? Yeah, you're like shit, man. A new country. Um, no, <laughs> it doesn't actually happen that often. Um, fortunately. Uh, in the whole 11 years that I did it, there was only one new country that came up, and that uh-huh. was South Sudan. Uh-huh. Um, and so when I started the quest, there were 192 UN member states, uh, and now there's 193. So I actually did go to South Sudan as part of it. So there's lots of little breakaway you know, republics yeah. and like, you know, regions that are like, we're going to be independent. But to actually like get recognized uh-huh. by the UN is kind of a big thing. Yeah, nice. Uh, in, in The Art of Non-Conformity, you talk about travel hacking. So do you, need to be, do you need to be rich and loaded to be able to travel the amount you have <laughs> in your life? Or is there a few ways you can do it on the cheap? Yeah, basically, you have to be rich and loaded. That's, yeah. that's the only way, <laughs> essentially. That's, yeah, like you're screwed otherwise. Um, no, actually, I mean, I did it very frugally. Like the first um, the first 100 countries 
cost about thirty thousand dollars, like thirty thousand U.S. dollars. So it's not to say that thirty thousand is a small amount of money, but like you're talking about going to a hundred countries over like five years, like mm-hmm. uh, you know, people pay that to go to university or to buy a car or all kinds of things. So, mm-hmm. um, so I kind of learned as I went along, lots of little tips and tricks, and I, I write about that a bit uh, on the blog sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fantastic. And we came to uh, transition towards your, your brand new book, Side Hustle. I guess uh, to start us off, and we'll go a bit deeper than this, but I guess what is a side hustle and, and why should we uh, why should we consider taking one up? Yeah, so side hustle is an income generating project and I uh, kind of focus on something that you do without quitting your day job, mm-hmm. uh, which is key because um, I don't know about, about you guys and your background, but like I was always self-employed and I didn't want to have a job. And so like I wrote this book, The $100 Startup, which is all about helping people quit their job, et cetera kind of come to realize recently that, you know, a lot of folks don't want to quit their jobs. Like they have a good job or maybe they want to eventually quit their job, but like they can't right now. They have a family, they have a mortgage, you know, they're not 20 years old. They can't just like, you know, sneak off to, you know, Southeast Asia or whatever. So, um, really focusing on this notion of like, don't quit your day job, start your side hustle while you're still there, like create security for yourself, like build something as a backup plan and then we'll see kind of where it goes. So that's my whole focus for this year. Nice. And as you said, you did a daily podcast um, where you had a whole bunch of 365 like, different people, I guess. So there's no excuses that yep. they're any different. Um, what are, I guess, some of the components of a, of a side hustle? If, if someone's thinking that sounds like an awesome idea, but what is it, I guess, what does it actually look like? Yeah, of course. Um, so, I mean, like different categories of, of side hustle, like it can be a service, it can be a product, it can be some kind of like reselling business. Um, and, like, and like you said, I try to feature a- every day on the show, like a different story of somebody who does this in a different way. And for the most part, they're using skills they already have. They're not going out and like learning to code. They're not, you know, like, oh, I need to go and get all these advanced technical skills. Um, so I actually try to, to feature stories of kind of regular people. Mm-hmm. Um, who are not like building an app or whatever, you know. So I have like a story of uh, next week of this woman. It's a really interesting story. She actually was in an abusive relationship and left that and she was kind of in, in poverty and she had kids and all this stuff. So like no money whatsoever, but she was really good at baking bread. And so she creates this online course about baking sourdough bread and ends up like making $25,000 from this course, you know, mm-hmm. like insane, you know. And so the course is, is like about this low technology thing like this very basic kind of thing she ends up building like 10 more courses it's like intermediate sourdough bread you know advanced sourdough bread. Like, no joke. Look yeah. it up. Crazy. Um, and last year she made like eighty five thousand dollars doing it you know so uh, I, like again these are kind of stories of like take the skills that you have and find a way to adapt yeah. them um and to an offer so that's what the book is all about yeah, nice. But I guess some people out there, they don't make it on their f- first side hustle. They might have gone off and started tried to start an online course and then no one no one buys it. And they might have tried three or four different side hustles and it turns out none of them have quite worked for them yet. So what, what do you say to the people out there who haven't really, uh, I guess, hit a home run with, with their side hustle? Yeah, that's a great question. Really, really good. So I would say a couple of things. Um, I would say, first of all, what I try to do when I talk with people is encourage them to cut down the time it takes to actually start that project to less than a month. Like it's a 27 day plan in the book. Uh, that way you're not investing a ton of yourself. Like the risk is low. If something doesn't work, okay, great. You're going to try something different. That's the first thing. I think a common mistake a lot of people make is they spend like nine months 
thinking about their project before they actually mm-hmm. start it. And that's, that's a lot of time, right? It's a whole year, essentially, with the cycle. So second thing is a lot of people are in that situation of like they try one thing or they try two things and it doesn't work. Most of the time, you know, those, are, those tend to be learning experiences and you kind of understand, okay, well, here's why it didn't work. Like I thought I had a good idea, but it didn't connect with people or it was, it was my good idea, but it, other people didn't value it enough. And that's really critical. So you kind of learn that skill as you go along. It's pretty rare for someone to, you know, try to start 10 online courses in a row and fail like every time. Like I'm sure it happens. Um, but I think like as you do it, as you do it a couple of times, you're going to gain the knowledge uh, and experience to know like what makes it what what makes uh, you more likely to have a success. Mm, nice. And I think uh, you mentioned in hundred dollar startup and um and, uh, and and side hustle as well because uh, you say for getting to income in 27 days and is that sort of the the key getting that at first sale even if it's a it's a couple of bucks and it doesn't mean a whole lot in the grand scheme of things but there's a lot more to it than those dollars. Exactly. It's empowering. It's disproportionately empowering. Like maybe you guys have, have experienced that yourself, but like it's, uh, I get emails all the time from people who are just so excited. Like they, you know, could be 35 years old or 40 and like they've never, you know, worked for themselves. They've always had a traditional job. And so then all of a sudden you get money that comes in. It's not your paycheck. It comes, you know, through PayPal or Venmo or whatever. Um, like it's just, it's really exciting. And so if you get that, even if it's just a hundred bucks or whatever, then it's like, you, you kind of want it more, right? You want to like have that on the regular. Mm, nice. I've listened to a few uh, episodes of, of the Side Hustle School and I think there's some people uh, perhaps have that view to maybe building up the Side Hustle to one day leave, but there's also a lot of people who still enjoy their job. And even if they're making a full salary from their Side Hustle, they still want to keep their job and it's probably even from an employer's point of view, they know that they're not doing it for the money anymore. They actually want to do it. Yeah, well, that's a good point. Like, uh, I think there's some forward thinking companies that recognize that. Like some companies are still kind of afraid. Mm-hmm. Like I don't want my employee to like have some other source of income because then they're not dependent on me. But I mean, I, I hear from some you know employers who are like, no, I want my employees to be happy. I want them to come to work because they want to be there not because they just like have this chain around their neck, you know? So, mm. but the, the, to your first point, like the motivations for starting this kind of thing are really different. And uh, that's why I think like there's no downside to it. Like your motivations could be different than mine or than somebody else's. Somebody wants an extra $500 a month. Somebody else, maybe like they're an engineer during the day. And so they're like doing this very like analytical skill. That's fine. But then like at night they want to be an artist or do some, like a different kind of creative skill. So there's all kinds of different reasons, uh, you know, for doing it. But I think the path to doing it is, is similar. Hmm. So uh, what, what are some of the, the most common excuses people make for not pursuing a side hustle, you think? And what are the ones, I yeah. guess, in your, in, your, in your podcast you try and smash through? Yeah, it's just interesting excuses. Um, I think, um, you know, to go back to what we talked about a moment ago, like when we started, People don't necessarily know how. Mm. I think that's probably the biggest thing is they feel disempowered because a lot of the business books that are out there are basically telling them to quit their job, essentially. Mm. And like there's something wrong with you if you haven't like risk everything to become a quote unquote entrepreneur. Like not everybody wants to do that. Mm. So so, you know, first thing, they don't really know like what the plan is. They're busy. They don't have a lot of time. They have the full time job. They already have a family, some other thing. They're probably going to school at night or whatever else, you know. So I think that's the biggest thing is like, I don't know exactly what to do. Um, I can't do everything. How do I narrow down my choices? That's another one. Like I've got five ideas. How do I know which one to do right now? Um, so like in the book, I've had this whole process about like, here's how to evaluate very quickly and intuitively different ideas so that you know 
okay, here's which one I should pursue now. And I think just one more point on that. Um, it's not always about like, it's not necessarily like which is the best idea for the rest of your life. If you're making a decision now and if you get sick of it in six months, then you do something else. It's totally fine. Mm-hmm. I think people have a, have a challenge with that because they're used to like a traditional career, like traditional life decisions, like are really, really big. And so you have like so much pressure to make the right thing, to go to the right university or, you know, to pursue the right like corporate ladder approach or whatever. Mm-hmm. But with the side hustle, if it doesn't work then, or if you're tired of it, then you try something else. Yeah, nice. I like that. And if is people listening to this, and uh, I don't know, we usually usually use a persona of someone who's uh, sitting at home on a Friday night, watching the footy, drinking a beer, and then sleeping on Saturday. <laughs> but maybe they've uh, they've thought that actually this side hustle thing sounds like a good idea that I could put a couple of hours a week towards. What are some of the first steps besides obviously buying the yeah. book first of all, and then and then what after? Yeah, that? that's right. That's great. Um, well, they can they can listen to the show as well, which which mm-hmm. is free and online every day. Um, I think so. I got like a five step process that I take people through. And uh, first step is idea generation and learning the power of observation, like learning where business ideas come from, like some potential ideas, just kind of getting the skill of being able to brainstorm. So that's a very powerful skill. Uh, Second step is what we just talked about. Like if you have once you have ideas in the long term, ideas are not a problem. Like ideas don't have much value by themselves because like, you, you know, here's just an idea. You have to do something with it. So the second thing is choosing which idea to pursue. Uh, then it's about developing everything you need to launch that idea. If you need a website, uh, if you need, you know, whatever the resources are, like making that happen. Step four is actually putting that out into the world, like as some kind of launch. Like what is your marketing? Who are, who are your people? Like who is your ideal customer? How can you reach that person, et cetera? Uh, and then the fifth step is, okay, once it's live, like no plan survives contact with the battlefield. Now that it's out there, what have I learned? How do I regroup and refine? Um, do I continue working on this and improving it? Or do I actually say, no, I need to do a different idea. I'm going to go back. So this is kind of the, the five-step process to take people through. Nice. Love it. Uh, just as we wrap it up now, what are, what are some of the books that have been influential on in your life to get to where you oh, are today? Yeah. Oh, that's a great question. I, uh, yeah. Okay. I mostly read uh, fiction these days. Like I read a lot of literary fiction because I'm a business author, so I don't really read other business books. Like I try to, you know, have a bit, bit of an original thought once in a while. But I will tell you a couple books. Um, this book called Wishcraft, like not witchcraft, but Wishcraft, um, W-I-S-H by Barbara Sher, uh was really helpful in, in kind of my thinking, as you mentioned uh, early on, maybe 10 years ago, I read that book. And it's very much about like, personal development and lifestyle design before that became trendy before like everybody talked about mm-hmm. it. She was actually a, an early pioneer in that. Mm-hmm. So that kind of helped me to think, think big and to kind of identify some goals. Um, and then let's see, what am I, what have I been reading recently? I'm reading a Sherlock Holmes book. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's been influential in my life. I'm just reading it at the moment. Yeah. Um, I read a book about Houdini which is actually mm-hmm. really interesting, like a 500-page biography of this cool. guy, and he did some really interesting stuff. And then one more recommendation, Mountains Beyond Mountains, um, is the story of Dr. Paul Farmer, and he had this quest to like cure a lot of diseases in Haiti and elsewhere around the world, and I found that pretty inspiring. Yeah, wow. nice, awesome. I guess just to, to finish off, where can people find you, your blog, your books, and the podcast? Yeah, well, thank you. <laughs> um, I feel like I need to have an orange or a red book so yeah. it can be on your bookshelf behind you. Because I noticed you have, you know, colored categories, which is yeah, nice. I see behind um, you, you've got a book. My last, my last book actually, yeah, that's right. My last book had a, had a red, you know, yeah. cover. Actually, yeah, born for this. Exactly. So, <laughs> um, 
Side Hustle School is gonna or Side Hustle is gonna have a yellow cover, so it, hopefully it'll fit there. Anyway, <laughs> uh, Side Hustle School is on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, you can go to SideHustleSchool.com. The book Side Hustle should be at any bookstore, Amazon, wherever you shop. Um, and I'm ChrisGillibo.com. And if you can't spell that, just type in Art of Nonconformity and it will bring you to me. No. <laughs> That's an awesome, man. <laughs> Fantastic. Oh, cool as. Thanks, mate. Appreciate it. Awesome, man. You guys are great. Thanks so much. I love the show. <laughs> Thanks, Chris. Jeez, thanks, Chris. Cheers, man. Cheers. Guys, for us, we think the world would be a better place if they just read books and stopped listening to some of that crap that's on the TV. <laughs> Mate, we like uh, a few TV shows, but most of it is just uh, a waste of time. A lot of the news. Books. So yeah. if you guys are also believe in our vision and think the world would be a better place uh, if people just read books, give us a review and then more people find the podcast and more people start reading books. Yeah, we really appreciate it. Get some, get some books into you. Yeah.